It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails. What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. You know, I'm the talent. Right, of course. Except I'm the talent. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch on this Monday on The Guy Benson Show. We're at the Hoover Institution in Palo Alto, California, Stanford University. Very happy to be here for the week. And we have some fantastic guests lined up for the rest of the week. We are just getting started here today. This was only the beginning. But I will remind you, before we get into story time, that our website is GuyBensonShow.com. Our podcast is free every day. If you missed anything here, you missed a lot. And you've got opportunities to listen live or to catch the podcast on demand. As always, that is free. So with me here in studio at Hoover is producer Christine. She's on the business trip here with me. Usually she doesn't come along, but I am stuck with her for the whole week. And Christine, we actually landed in San Francisco just a few minutes apart, and I hightailed it from my gate to your gate at the airport. And as people were coming off the plane, I was like your welcoming party. And I was pretending like I was meeting you like a driver or a chauffeur. And sometimes someone will hold up an iPad or an iPhone with your last name on it to sort of say, hey, I'm here for you. What did I greet you with? Well, it was very funny. I was coming up the escalator for my plane, and there's Guy holding a picture of a cookie. A yes. chocolate chip cookie on yep. his phone. Just looking for Just a holding cookie. holding it up. <laughs> looking for a cookie here. And she cracked up. So we headed to Palo Alto, got in the Uber. Mm-hmm. And on the drive, you told me all about your story and just regaled me with your tales from Saturday at <sighs> this festival, the school festival that you were forced to volunteer for, volunteer, quote unquote, by your husband. The weather was not great. I know we talked about it a fair amount last week. And so how did it go? No hot dog costume. So that's already an no, L in your book. No, but there was somebody walking around in a cow costume. I would have looked so good in the hot dog costume, honestly. <laughs> and I truly mean this when I was standing there, supposed to be helping people you know, give food. I just kept thinking, this would be so much better if I was in my hot dog costume. Like it would be such a hit. Mm. Like we would have brought more people if I was in the hot dog costume, I believe. But you were reprimanded. By some of the other mothers a few times, right, for your perhaps lackadaisical attention to detail on certain serving instructions so, at the kitchen. These people really take their job. I mean, we're all volunteering here, people. It's mozzarella sticks. So apparently I was not putting the right amount, you know, if somebody ordered them. He was a little kid, like, well, let's give him a little more, you know, or a little more fries. Like, they were being stingy with it and... You don't know if we're going to run out of food. Like, they were very strict about this. And as you could tell, I was not. Yeah. And also the quick math, not as easy as you think. Yeah, well, definitely not for some. And so did they pull you off the front line at some point and say she's not reliable? So they did not because, honestly, I was so sociable. You know, like I was talking and I was able to upsell. Like, how are you not going to get a Coke or a Snapple or something with that? You're going to be thirsty. Oh, Let I me see. get you a drink. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm good at that. Well, she's definitely a talker, folks, because last night I was doing some work at the hotel. Then I had to go to the gym. <laughs> We're going to go to dinner. And I was texting her, hey, 
let's push the reservation back just a few minutes. I'm almost down there. She's like, oh, I'm just hanging out in the lobby. And then she said, and by the lobby, I mean the bar. I'm like, well, there's a shock. So I thought to myself, I was in the elevator. I said, I bet you I'm going to walk in, and she is going to be holding court with a cocktail, making friends with strangers. And I was almost exactly right. It was not a cocktail. It was wine. Mm-hmm. And you had new friends. Yeah. How long had you been there for? Uh, I sat down, and we started talking. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't even get the drink from the bartender. She said she liked my shirt. So I said, okay, let's be friends. Yeah, then all of a sudden, she, like, knows our guest rundown for the whole week. Yeah, so when you walked in, she was telling you how excited she was for us yeah, about our big guest. Yeah, she's like, well, have fun with this. And, and I was like, wow, you really got a lot of information in not very much time from Christina. Thank God none of this is, like, state secrets. Loose lips sink ships. And the USS Benson would be at the bottom of the ocean right now because Christine was just telling everyone – Everything. Oh, she was so nice. I went on her. She has a website. She's a motivational speaker. Do you know what else she does? Hypnotherapy. Oh, boy. Here we go. This We didn't even talk about this. So I wrote her an email, mm-hmm. and I gave her my phone number, and I said, hey, I'm the girl from the bar. I feel like I used to say that a lot. <laughs> in my life, I feel like I've said that a lot. She's going to hypnotize you <laughs> while we're out here in California. You're getting very sleepy, Cookie. And then somehow I think all the guilt is just going to come bubbling out. What guilt? Well, you had your pony off. I, I don't feel guilty. Carousel. I have but I, no guilt. I think it's internalized. N- and I think no. that's what we're going to discover in our session. I don't the know. Hip, the hypnotherapy session with your new BFF. Deneen. I felt a connection with her, really. Uh I truly did. Like, do you know when you just sit down and talk to somebody, like a stranger, and you just feel a connection? Like, you were meant to be at that spot at that time. I feel like you have that a lot. Like, you felt like you were meant to be at the Times Square psychic because they accosted you, and it was meant to be. I still stand by that. Yeah. So, anyway, I did tease this before the break. Mm. Boy, do we have some news for all of you. If you're a regular listener, particularly to the home stretch, you know that producer Christine has a new passion in life. Now, I am concerned that it will prove to be a fleeting fad, as are so many of Christine's passions. But you never know. This one might stick. But within the last month, I would say, if that, two or three weeks. About three weeks. Producer Christine has become, at least by her standards, a rabid NFL football fan. She went from never really paying attention at all and not having any interest to intense interest, following the league, trying to pick a team, getting familiar with some of the stars, betting some of her money on these games, which I think is a mistake. And she was asking about outcomes yesterday. I had to inform her that her Lions lost yet again in ridiculous fashion. The Bills did not. She was asking about certain teams the Giants won. Tommy lost. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Chiefs are really good. And I was telling you about SportsCenter, and what did I say to you? I'm like, what a beautiful job they do. Yes, they do such a wonderful job presenting all of the things that happen in the games. I'm like, you mean highlights. It, it, they do a really nice job. Yes. People should commend them for yes, that. Yes, this is like a Fox a News program. alert from 1994 or something. <laughs> They've been doing a really good show for a very long time I watched there. it this morning. You kind of missed Sports Center in its heyday, though. Oh, really? This oh, isn't it? Oh, no. Its heyday was 
back in the day, really before the internet and like smartphones exploded. So if you wanted highlights, it was SportsCenter. Like you couldn't find it on Twitter. You had to go there. We digress. Mm. The point is, producer Christine, I didn't even put this together. It did not occur to me. It occurred to Cookie that we are here in Northern California. And guess what is happening tonight, mere minutes from where we sit right now. Monday Night Football, Levi Stadium, 49ers against the defending Super Bowl champions, the Rams up from Los Angeles. And we checked a few things. We checked the Uber. Mm -hmm. Time approximately, 20, Mm -hmm. 30 minutes, we think. We checked for tickets on StubHub. And... They really weren't awful. Christine was very exacting about what she would accept, by the way, for tickets. No end zone seats for Cookie. No, and I didn't want to be high up. No, and you said the 400 section was out. Yeah, because you know what happens? It, it just happened last night. People fall from the um, escalator. It's, I, you're not going to fall. Yeah. That, that's, not, that's not the reason to not want nosebleed seats. Well, it's also too high. I, I'm, not to be a snob, but... Yeah, you want to be... Really in into it. the action, yes. yeah, in in the whole thing. So, as you may have gathered, Christine and I are going to an NFL football game tonight. We are attending Monday Night Football. It will be on ESPN. Maybe you'll catch us. And, Christine, I was thinking about this earlier. I believe this is my first NFL football game, because I go to college games all the time, many per year. I think this is my first NFL game since 2009. Oh, my goodness. I think I went to a Bears game in 09 before I moved away from Chicago. I don't think I've been to an NFL game since. Unless I'm forgetting one or it's slipping my mind, I'm pretty sure it's been well over a decade. Was Jay Cutler the quarterback back then? Mm, I think he might have been, and I'm surprised that you know that name. I, I've been doing a lot of research. Clearly. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, we're going to Niners-Rams tonight. We've got okay seats. We put sort of a, a cap on what we were willing to spend. Well, uh, let's be honest. Bobby. Bobby did. Put a cap on. <laughs> Bobby did. And so, yeah, we're going to go there, and Christine is, I would say, like 10 out of 10 excited. I am so, so excited. I can't <laughs> wait to see this, like, in person. Yeah. Um, I just don't know what to wear because you said I shouldn't go. I really do like the Rams. I'm going to say neutral, neutral colors. Okay. And layers, because it just gets cold here, and it can be, in the old place, candlestick, it was freezing with the swirling winds. Mm-hmm. I think this place is less bad, but I'm just, you won't regret having layers. Okay. And we're just talking about having, like, stadium food. I know. A beer. Some cocktails, maybe. You're going to be, like, yelling on third down and stuff. Oh, my gosh. Like, if there's You're gonna a have to teach me more, controversial too. call, like, you could be, you know, booing. <gasps> I just wonder, are you going to become a fan of... One of these teams, is it meant to be? Because you're trying to pick a team. The first ever game sometimes determines someone's team for life. Not always. Right. It'd be very inconvenient for you to follow West Coast teams compared to teams in your neck of the woods like the yes. Giants or the Jets. Or I'm not even going to recommend the Eagles. Let's not, let's not go there. But I'm just saying you might fall in love with a team tonight based on the in-person experience. We'll just have to report back tomorrow. I know. I'm leaning towards if I'm going to, it's going to be the Rams. I really like that cutie-cute coach of theirs. Mm -hmm. And I like the quarterback. Mm -hmm. But Bobby said, um, who's the quarterback of the 49ers? He's like, you're going to like him. Oh, is that uh, Garoppolo? Yes. 
yeah, he's he's sort of got some male model vibes Ooh. going on. I'll, I'll, I can't wait to meet them all. I, yes, I'm sure you'll you'll talk your way into the into the locker room somehow. I'll be a cheerleader. Yeah, you were telling me that you wanted to end up on the field calling some plays. I, you never know. Like you'll become somehow the offensive cookinator. I just want I need to talk to somebody. Stop going through the middle. We need more around. I don't know if that's the exact terms, but we got to stop going right through the middle. You're not getting anywhere. You're talking about run plays? Sure. Up the gut? Mm Mm-hmm. You're you're not a fan of that play call? No, I want you to go around. Okay. More to the edge. Yeah. And and, and protect your quarterback. Okay. Yeah, well, now, yep. That's we got a lot to talk about. There's so much to learn. And I think we'll be doing a lot of learning and teaching tonight at the game. But if you tune in, one of the little dots in the crowd will be producer Christine at her first ever NFL football game tonight here in the Bay Area. I can't believe we're doing this. Honestly, I (laughs) I cannot believe it. it. But it's also, you know what? It's YOLO. It's a YOLO situation. And I'm like, am I going to regret taking Christine to her first ever game? Quite possibly. Yeah, you never know. But. Wait, no. No, you're not. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) I love how you just agreed with that. You're just like, yes, absolutely. No, no, you're going to be so excited. I just hope um, I'm that person in a movie that asks, like, what's happening? I don't understand. You know, I hope you're going to be okay with that. I will do my best. Okay. All right. And with that, we're out of time. we got to, like, get ready to ship off to the game in a couple hours here. Back here tomorrow on the radio, same time, same place, from the Hoover Institution at Stanford. Amazing guests, as far as the eye can see, all the way through Friday's show, and then, of course, beyond. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you tomorrow. It's The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch. On this Tuesday on The Guy Benson Show, GuyBensonShow.com, podcast free every day. So on yesterday's show, in this segment, we revealed to the audience that because we're here out at Stanford, the Hoover Institution, not too far from where we're hanging out and doing the show, is the stadium of the San Francisco 49ers. And they were hosting Monday Night Football last night against the defending Super Bowl champs, the L.A. Rams, they were in town And Christine flagged this for me as she is now a football fan. She has a newfound love for the game, for the sport. She's never been to a game, at least hadn't been to a game. And she said, what about Monday Night Football? What about trying to find tickets? So we did. We went on StubHub. We haggled back and forth between us on ticket prices and location and all this stuff. Then we hopped in the Uber a little bit after the show was over and headed out to Levi Stadium, and we saw a win for the home team. The 49ers won convincingly, and there were some pretty exciting, explosive plays over the course of the game, a big touchdown run, an amazing catch and run for a long touchdown, and then a pick six that really sealed it. And people were getting loud. People were getting rowdy. I thought we had a pretty good vantage point. We were in the 300 level, so not all the way up in the 400 level, but not really that close. But you could see the whole field. And I think that's important for someone just learning the game. If you're too low or sort of in the end zone, it's hard maybe to really understand what's happening and try to figure out, okay, there's no yellow line on the field like there is on TV. Where's the first down marker? Where do they have to get to to extend the drive? I think where we were sitting allowed that perspective very well for Christine. She asked a lot of questions. I did my best to answer them throughout the game. I will say, Christine, overall, it seemed like you had an awesome time. Like, it seems like your fandom of the NFL 
has not been diminished but intensified, solidified now? I truly want to find a team so I can just, like, feel at home. Because I felt at home at the stadium. Right? Didn't I kept saying that? I kept saying, like, I didn't want the game to end. I you were getting, getting mad. I was getting mad. Like, why is it going so fast? It was going way too fast for me, which is very, very ironic because my whole life has been spent with Bobby asking, when is the game going to be over? When can I change the channel? When are we leaving? What? Ugh, come on. Do we really have to watch this? It's taking forever. And yesterday, I didn't want to leave. And you were telling anyone who would listen mm-hmm. that it was your first game. Everybody. And, Everybody. And people were like, oh, wow, cool. They were pretty inviting. You're still in the market for a favorite team, but it was funny. You were like, I'm so into this. I said, imagine if you actually cared about the team, and it was your team, and you got to know the players, and you were really rooting for them. You're like, oh, my gosh, I'd be so sad if they lost. I'm like, yeah, welcome to sports fandom. Well, that's the only thing. Like, if I'm really into it, I just really want the gear, too. Like, everybody just looks so happy there. Like, they just felt like a part of a community. What happens if my team loses? That's going to happen. Ugh. Yeah, so... Choose wisely, yeah. but don't be a bandwagoner. Just <laughs> think about it. But the game last night, what was your favorite part, would you say? And were you surprised by anything going to a game in person? I think I was just surprised by the height of where we were <laughs> and my fear. I didn't think I was going to have that big of a fear. Like you saw, I was terrified. I kept thinking I was going to fall. Yeah. Christine <laughs> refused to stand up. Like, even for big plays, because she was worried if she stood up, she would fall. Yep. Like, down, I guess, what, off the upper deck? Well, we saw a man sitting next to me fall, well, so. he, I mean, <laughs> he had been perhaps overserved. I would say. I'm not judging that. And he was fine. Like, yeah, he, he didn't, seemed He didn't unfazed. get hurt. He went down, but he sort of caught himself. It, and then you saw that, and you were like, well, now I, I can barely move. So you were frozen, basically, to your seat. Although at the pick six, you couldn't help but stand up. And then I was holding on to the chair. Yes, you literally held the back of yep. your chair. Oh, so that was <laughs> that was interesting. Uh, another thing I'll just note real quick, in the men's room, I don't know why this has stuck with me. In the men's room at the urinal, they had warning placards at the urinal saying, that the water was recycled and not to drink it. Mm. I was like, who needs to be told not to drink this particular water? Apparently, some sports fans in San Francisco. I posted that. Like, you wouldn't believe me if I didn't post a photo, and I did last night on my personal Twitter, at Guy P. Benson. But, yeah, you, you were into it. When there was a touchdown, they do the loud foghorn at the stadium, they come out with the flags and they wave the flags. And the cheerleaders. You love the cheerleaders. I, I really feel like I could be a part of them. Like, mm. I, I don't know. The dances seem simple. Mm. I think I could do it. No, I, I think that they're less simple than it would seem. Huh? And also, I feel like maybe the, the age range there is a little <sighs> bit different. I have to say, do you remember what I said to you halfway through the game? I looked at you and I go... Guy, I have a qu- another question. Yes, Christine. What does the 49ers mean? Yes. <laughs> I had no clue. Yeah, so I explained the origin of the <laughs> of the team's name, mm-hmm. which is more about history than sports. Right. I like it. And the gold rush. You also you were asking oh boy. a good number of, I think, fair football questions. You are really struggling with the two-point conversion concept. I, I still don't understand it. Even, even the last time I explained it, yeah, you seemed to get it. Oh, you something were... is blocking me. You know when sometimes I have those intros and they block me, and I still write the same thing over and over? Yes. I feel like the two-point conversion is like my block. 
I yeah. just I well, don't. Well, you always call the extra point a field goal, so that's the first thing I correct. Right. And and like literally, if you you were just about to call that a field goal again, because uh-huh. it's like that's in your head. Mm-hmm. No, it's an extra point for one, but you can go for two, where you basically have to score another touchdown from the two and a half yard line, and you get two points instead of one to make it an eight point touchdown rather than a seven point touchdown. Anyway, just it's always teaching, always learning. The process is ongoing. You did ask me at one point during, I believe, the third or fourth quarter, something happened Mm -hmm. on the field, and you asked me, was that a line drive? (laughs) They were going through the middle. Remember, I always talk about how I don't like when they go through the middle. I want them to go, and I said, they went through the middle, and they were successful. And I said, was that a line drive? Yeah. And I, I, I... Said it with certainty. Yeah, you were pretty proud of yourself with that sports <laughs> reference, and I had to explain that that's a baseball term. Yeah. Now, there is a football application, actually, to line drive, which is generally to describe a punt that is not that doesn't have much arc to it, but that's not what you were talking about at all. You had line drive in your head. It's a baseball term about yeah. a ball, a batted we're ball. We're not at baseball yet. We're still working on football. Just football. Let's get there. But there was one other thing I remember. Um, I don't like at the third down when everybody starts yelling. Mm-hmm. And so the poor quarterback, like, from the other team, he what if he wanted to call an audible, which I just learned about? Mm-hmm. It's very hard for him to That's tell his point. friends where we're going to go. That's the point of the home game, to have a home field advantage. You've heard about that. Yes. Where your fans are quiet when you're trying to communicate, and they're rowdy and trying to disrupt the visiting team. That's the whole point. Yeah, I feel like the boys, like, by us, it's a little rude. It's just, you know, like, let them... No. It's it's the job of the fans to do that. Oh, um, I'm not getting paid to do that. I'm paying to watch. But um, Stafford had a bad night. Yeah, he he did was, not. Well, they didn't score a touchdown on the LA side of things. No, it was all those goals, the field, field goals. goals, three points. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I'll also just say after the game we were <laughs> oh, leaving. No. So the adventure had only begun. Oh, just began. So we left the stadium. We timed it perfectly. We thought at Boy, least. Boy, did we. And we were heading out through the parking lot to go try to find our Uber, and there were people selling, like, sausages and hot dogs in these little carts. And I will say they smelled amazing, and I really wanted one. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, let's just get to the car. And, Christine, you seem to believe that these were just people out of the goodness of their heart handing out free food. You're like, oh, they're giving us food. I thought it was like I said, yeah, for for money. I thought it was a parting gift. I didn't see anybody charging, so I'm like, that is so sweet. Like, they just wait here and give you, like, a little sausage sandwich or something to, on your way. <laughs> no, no. But what we ended up doing was eating pizza oh, and drinking beer at a strip mall <laughs> as we desperately waited for Ubers because it was an absolute mess. I think between the two of us, we had 12 Ubers cancel. At least. At least. Like, they would accept us, and they'd be... 16 minutes away and then 14 minutes away and then cancel. One got all the way to one minute away and canceled. And hung up on me because mm-hmm. I was calling each of them. I actually started to think, is her calling hurting us? <laughs> Why did you say anything? And I was going to. I was going to say, you know what, maybe let me do the talking here. <laughs> that wasn't very nice, was I? You were just, you were just a little bit frantic. Hmm. And so we finally figured it out and we just had a beer and some pizza and we got, and because it's West Coast time, we got it back. It would have felt like 1 a.m. on the East Coast, but it wasn't even 10. It was like 9.30 or something. Well, we here, didn't so even fine. actually technically get an Uber through the app. Remember, I had to walk through the parking lot and ask the man. Yeah, you just <laughs> sort of talked our way into that. I had to Venmo him. Uber, he wouldn't yeah. even trust me. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, just pay me directly. Yeah. Uh, but it worked out. 
overall a good experience? One of the best nights ever. I was texting Bobby when I got back. I forgot how late it was. I'm like, I want to go to a game. And I was looking up guests who were playing the Giants on November 20th. Who? The Lions. So Detroit versus New York? My Lions. Oh. So Bobby was a little. You're going to regret that. But you should go to a Giants game. I know you want to bring Megan. I recommend a day game. Yeah, like not a 1 too PM high. Start. I don't want to fall. Yeah, I, you're not going to fall, but you can you can you know pick your time wisely, pick your seats wisely. The later games tend to get a little bit rowdier with the drinking. Right. Um, one more thing. Two more things. What is going on with people at the pizza place dipping their pizza into ranch dressing? Yeah, some people like that. I think sometimes it's fine, especially if the pizza's eh, which I would say it was. Um, that's a thing. It's very confusing. Almost everybody. Yeah, you were you were really noticing. I didn't that. even get the pizza. Yeah, I know. Just went to the beer. Shocker. And you said there was a second thing. Were you surprised that I didn't really drink that much at the game? You had a few beers. Two. That's yeah. Nothing. Yeah, I think child's you're, play. You're worried about falling. <laughs> All right, so that's probably why. <laughs> I'm surprised you weren't going to bring up Tom Brady and the alleged divorce. I I need to find more facts, but you and I had a debate yesterday, and you still don't think I'm. Right on this, but Giselle's going to be fine. She makes well, more money than Tommy. I'm more worried about the kids. They have young kids. Oh, if they're right, divorced. yeah. That's what I'm thinking right, about. Sure. You're thinking about the money. Yeah. They all have hundreds of millions of dollars. They're going to be yeah. fine financially. Another conversation for another day. Mm-hmm. But welcome to sports. Like Unbelievable. I lo- Dan, I can't wait to get back there. We're going to talk so much football. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> Dan. Back here tomorrow for the Guy Benson Show from the Hoover Institution at Stanford University in Palo Alto, California. We're enjoying our time out here, obviously. Looking forward to tomorrow's show. Dr. Condoleezza Rice will be one of our guests. We cannot wait for that. We'll talk to you then. Have a great night. Here's the 1-1. Swung on. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. Home stretch here on the Guy Benson Show. GuyBensonShow.com for the free podcast every single day. For example, if you missed Condoleezza Rice, former Secretary of State, you want to go back and hear that interview. It's on the free podcast. It's also up in its own post at GuyBensonShow.com. It'll be up there any moment. That was the voice of John Sterling, Yankees radio play-by-play broadcaster for many years. His call last night in Texas as Aaron Judge finally broke the record. Roger Maris's long-standing American League single-season home run record has now been breached. Aaron Judge is the new AL single-season king. Some people would argue he is the rightful owner of the record because there's no asterisk. He's not juiced. There's no steroids involved there. I will simply say, officially, he is the AL single-season home run king. And I think the pressure was getting to him. I didn't think he was going to get it done in the Bronx because everyone was standing for every pitch of every at-bat and booing whenever anyone threw a ball out of the strike zone. And ultimately, he tied the record in Toronto at 61. And then yesterday, hit number 62 in Texas, I saw our colleague Will Kane was at the game and missed it. He was getting food, and he was so mad at himself. And I 
sort of snarkily tweeted at Will. I said, you know, in fairness to you, it's not like there's some sort of order in which the batters come up where you could plan accordingly. They come up at total random, Will. And so I can't believe you would go to the game and miss a judge at bat. (laughs) But he did. Judge hit it out, number 62. And the Yankees now tonight are hoping for regular season win number 100. That game underway right now. And then it's off to the playoffs. Good luck to everyone's team out there, but mostly the Yankees. We had to get some baseball in here. We talked about basketball with Secretary Rice. We talked about football, of course, with Secretary Rice. And I did mention to Condi, since I guess we're now very close, that producer Christine, a longtime sports hater, I would almost say, certainly football, has now become a fan and attended her first game Monday night here in the Bay Area, and Dr. Rice was thrilled by that development and then asked Christine about it, and you looked like you were going to pass out. I didn't know what to do. There is a picture I should post. I'm in mid-shock when she's talking to me about the game because it was so unexpected. She looked at me, she goes, and I heard you went to your first football game. And I'm like, I I did. (laughs) Yes, you could barely speak. So, Christine, you were, I'd say, as excited for this interview as any guest we've ever had here. Oh, yes. You went and bought an entire outfit for the purpose of meeting Condoleezza Rice. Of course. That's what you do. I bought a power suit. I mean, I didn't buy any new clothes. I I put on a nice tie and jacket. It's not a new outfit. That's on you. Okay. So would you like to describe for the audience? I mean, look at this. Your purchase? Well, they can't. It's a nice, well, I'm telling you, it's a nice plum suit. Banana Republic's finest. I I, I think I like it's a a little purple. Yeah. I like that. Go Cats. Oh, yes. It's a little deeper and plum than than a real purple. And then you've got the white Yeah, the white button down. I've never had a suit before. And I have to say, and I told the boys back in New York and D.C., I don't know how you guys wear suits all the time it is hot in a suit Mm -hmm. so when you're at a wedding and like say the funky chicken comes on are you gonna always take the jacket off before you get on the dance floor well i would run for the hills before i dance to the funky chicken but for other songs and dancing yeah the jacket would come off at a wedding i would say joe I, i don't really know if i do line dancing necessarily i don't do a lot of group dancing ymca ymca it is the easiest dance ever hands up it's just like let's do a song for white people that they can do and they can just make the ymca hand gestures the macarena i guess like when i was but a those, kid those songs are the ones you need at the wedding to to get you know and esther on the floor i guess although we didn't do any of that at our wedding and we didn't really have too much trouble with people dancing because we played good music yeah did you you didn't really have a lot of elderly people there either not really. We have gone completely. We should really. I know. We, I, does it come back? Let's come back to yes. the topic here. Dr. Rice. I was about to make an elderly joke, but I'm not going to do that. Don't. What were your impressions of Condoleezza Rice based on I, what you were expecting? Actually, I was expecting exactly how she was. I was surprised. I thought she was going to be more business, like, we got to go. You know, we're on a schedule. And she was so nice, especially when you guys were taking pictures and I was standing there. She goes, Come on. Yeah, you know, she was warm. Very. And all of a sudden, it's it's so funny because you're preparing for an interview like this. I was brainstorming. I was actually dreaming about the interview a little bit last night. Yeah. And different things that I would want to ask. And you only have so much time. Mm-hmm. We had two segments, like, you know, get it in. And then it becomes 
a hurry-up-and-wait situation. So I came in early. I had my whole legal pad here filled with questions and different phrasings of things that I might try to consider and different topics if we had extra time or follow-ups. And then it's 20 minutes before she's scheduled to arrive, and so we're tinkering with everything, mm-hmm. just busybodies. Then all of a sudden, I look up, and boom, she's right there. I know. And she came out of nowhere. Yep, yep. And then we sat down, had the interview. Again, you can go to the free podcast. You can go to our website, GuyBensonShow.com, for it. You got your photo with the secretary. And I just want to take the opportunity here, and we'll say it again, I'm sure, on Friday. But after the interview concluded and while she was on her way out, she just reiterated, it's great to have you guys here. We love having you here. Thank you for coming to Hoover. And that gratitude absolutely flows right back in their direction for them to invite us here basically every year, of course, with the two-year gap due to COVID, but to have consistently come here and have the opportunity to speak to these incredible fellows that they have. And I know that Condi was sort of like your biggest get that you always wanted, and now you've now you've checked the box, Christine. So I guess if, next? if we're invited back, you're going to be like, oh, it should be a breeze to get her back on the show. <laughs> yeah, who's who's next for you? Because you do get, I, I wouldn't say obsessed, but you have booking fixation sometimes where you are chasing someone down for months, sometimes years. Uh, yes, I've actually just started, e- even while this interview was happening with Condi, I had just started my next big one. Okay, well. Just putting out the feel. I'm not going to say who it is. Okay, you don't want to jinx You know anything. who it is. Oh, do I? Okay, well, tell me after. Okay. I think I might know, but you, you have a lot of different irons in the fire. Well, I'm just going to put this out there. Dr. Rice knows him very well. Oh, well, oh, I, I can't imagine who it might be. <laughs> All right, Christine. Well, we're probably going to go to dinner after the show in a little bit. I've got TV, actually, on Fox Business Network in the 6 p.m. hour, so you can see me toward the end of the hour, FBN, the evening edit, and then afterwards we'll sort of regroup and go to dinner. Are you going to go and maybe dress down a little bit, get the suit back into the garment bag and everything? I, I have to wear the power suit out. Oh, you want to you wanna go to dinner in this? Maybe. So, I mean, this would be a very fancy look for you out on the town. <laughs> a little classier than what the folks are used to seeing you. Oh, in. I thought you were going to say a little classier than what you've been wearing. No, no. <laughs> I will say I've been wearing definitely a very casual look out here. It's California. Yes. And all that. For Condoleezza Rice, you know, I think I had to class it up just a little bit. Just Nicer little. shoes. Put on the jacket. I wasn't. I was debating the tie. Put on the big power pink tie. So I, I think it worked out well. And we're not done. We have two more days, two more programs here at the Hoover Institution with fantastic guests as well, including H.R. McMaster scheduled for Friday. So there's a lot to look forward to here on The Guy Benson Show. In the meantime, have a great night. See you on FBN coming up in this next hour. And we will talk to you same time, same place tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Home stretch on the Guy Benson Show on this Thursday. It's Friday Eve on the program. Thank you very much for tuning in. GuyBensonShow.com is our website. The podcast is free of charge every single day on demand. As soon as the show is over, shortly thereafter, GuyBensonShow.com, FoxNewsPodcast.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I always like to remind you of that. So as we talked about at some length on Monday's broadcast and Tuesday's broadcast, producer Christine and I went to... An NFL game, Monday Night Football, Rams at 49ers down the road from here. It was Christine's first football game, and she's gotten really into football recently. She loved the experience, 
And now it looks like, Christine, you're already looking into getting tickets back home for some NFL football this season. Yep. Lions and Giants. Have you got them already? Uh, no, I told Bobby to go get them. Okay. so but I mean, maybe he did. Are you going to be rooting for the Lions? I haven't decided yet. Oh, I'm still I still have feelings for them. Mm-hmm. I'm just not sure if maybe it's a good idea to be, A, rooting for Detroit in the first place in that franchise, B, rooting for the road team at the Meadowlands. Right. I'll play it neutral again. Okay. And then it's just sort of see how the vibes feel. Yeah. And if I'm not too high up, I'll stand up for the Giants if I'm not too high up. Right. So you're... We'll see. You might be afraid again that you'd fall down and off the stadium. It's a real thing. Have you not Googled escalator falling game? Have you not put those words into it's Google? It's extremely rare. It's extremely, extremely rare. And this wasn't the escalator. This was out watching the game in the seats, in the stands. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a thing, too, that I think we need to bring awareness. Hmm. We saw it. We saw it right next to me. I mean, he sort of tumbled a little bit, but, like, he wasn't hurt. It wasn't... Tumbling. That's what we're going to call it. Yeah, it's not like he fell off the upper deck. I think this is my new calling. I'm going to bring awareness to falling at stadiums. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we'll see how long that passion lasts. But you're now into football, at least for the moment. Yes. Maybe by the end of that game, if you go to Lions-Giants, you'll actually have a team, right? Because you're, you're really searching for a team, but I feel like at some point you need to stop the search and just pick. And so after your second game Is that game how you in, dated? Just stop the search? And let me just pick one? No. I need to commit. I need to have the feeling inside mm-hmm. of me. Mm-hmm. You know? So, so you might go to this game. Now you would have witnessed four teams in person and just still feel like, no, none of these are good enough for me. I, I, did you da- not date more than four people in your life? Yeah, it's not really how sports works, though. What do you mean? Because right, the people all change. The, the players on the teams come and go. You pick a franchise. You pick a team to root for. Oh, I didn't think about And that. the people come and go. Wait a second. Hold up. Hold up. So, like, say I became a 49ers fan. Mm-hmm. One day, Debo could just be gone. That's right. And then would you follow him to his new team? Yeah, what do you do? Or do you stick with your team? I didn't even think about that. I'm sure you didn't, but now I'm, I'm forcing the thought. So what, what, what do you, what what do you people I do? What I typically do is I root for teams where I have a deeper connection to the franchise or to the organization. So obviously, like, in college, I root for my team. Where I went to school, I root for Northwestern. When they're good, that's awesome. When they're not so good, as is the case right now, less awesome. But that's my school. That's who I root for. Go Cats. In pro sports, it's just where I grew up. Fourth grade through high school, New York area. Those are the teams. So first baseball game I ever went to, Yankees. I'm a Yankees fan. My dad is a big Yankee fan growing up. First hockey game I went to, New Jersey Devils. I'm a Devils fan. Now, the Giants are the one exception because I've still only in my life been to, I think, only one Giants game ever. And it was not my first game, but that was my dad's team. It's where I'm from, so I'm a Giants fan. And then basketball, I just don't care. I went to Knicks games, Nets games, Bulls games. I've been to some Wizards games. It's just not for me. Okay. So I don't. I just don't really have a team there. If I had to pick, I guess it would be the Knicks. It's just I don't follow it at all. So part of that is... The connection to the community, people around you are also fans of the team in your neighborhood, at your school, 
at work or whatever. And it's also the proximity, typically, where you can go to games because it's in your backyard. You can get there. Now, of course, I then moved away from the New York area. So for me to go to home games for my teams, like, it takes a little bit more doing. I have to be in New York. I have to be in New Jersey or whatever. But the reason when I became a sports fan, I went with those teams. It's because of the proximity to, like, where I lived. So it's about location, not players. And also, I've— Some people do it the other way. Some people follow players, have favorite players, and they, like, they root for a player throughout his career. Right. And they'll sort of go from the Pats to the Bucks or whatever for Tom right, Brady. Right, right. Some people do that, but I think most people, it's about their community, their locality, okay. the fan base. Because it's also fun to sort of be around people who also care about the team. Right, and I mean, I do love my Jersey peeps, so it kind of makes sense. I just want to let you know, and mm-hmm. I'm putting the invite out, if you ever want to sleep over, we can go to the game because I'm not far from the stadium if you need to go see a Giants game. You're more than welcome. Slumber party. Okay. That, okay. Is, that is very kind. I've duly noted. Just putting it out there. The, the invitation there. Now, we've gone well off the planned path as usual here. Mm-hmm. We were going to talk about what we saw or didn't really see on Monday night. There was an incident involving someone who ran onto the field, a protester of some sort, I guess animal rights left-wing protester, ran onto the field at one point during the event and had a lit pink flare, like a smoke flare. Mm -hmm. And he was running all around, taking evasive action, trying to get past security, and they were trying to chase him. And security was having trouble tracking him down. And then he was running past the Rams bench or the the Rams sideline and two different Rams players came off the sideline and sort of teamed up to take the guy down. Football players tackle for a living, especially if you're on defense. So these guys decided, hey, I'm going to do a solid for the security and get this show on the road again. This person shouldn't be on the field. And he got clocked and taken down hard. We were not actually in our seats when this happened. We were out getting food and drink i believe we were in line waiting for concessions and people started talking about it there's someone on the field there's a there's a fan on the field there's a protester on the field something like that and i immediately looked over to make sure you were there with me to confirm that it could not have been you that was my first thought was did cookie get loose we've got a cookie on the loose but nope you were right there you were you were getting some some booze so that was your number one Shocker. priority so we missed it I have since seen the video of this, and he definitely gets hit pretty hard. But this is also what happens. I've been at other sporting events. When someone is out on the field, that is the biggest no-no, and security goes after these people and takes them down hard because they are trying to not get caught for as long as possible. So there is a punishment there. They're going to take you down hard. They're going to put you in handcuffs. They're going to march you away, and you're going to jail. Which I'm shocked. Yeah, you seemed almost disturbed that someone would go to jail for this. You just think it should just be a warning. That's what I said. I I think that I said to you, well, just tell them not to do that next time. So you're basically the Chesa Boudin. (sighs) How dare you? How dare you? Yeah, but so that you just want to sort of not even book them. Just say, let them off with a warning. You're soft on crime, Cookie. Just call me Fetterman. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cookie, Cookie man. (laughs) You should run for Senate in Pennsylvania. You'd fit right in. Um, I take a harder line approach because you have to really disincentivize this kind of behavior. So getting hit and taken down hard and spending a night in jail is, I think, a pretty good 
message to send. I actually went with my dad as a little kid to rugby matches when we were living in Hong Kong. And it was one of the few live sporting events you could go to because there's not a lot of sports like horse racing. But we, oh. the rugby sevens, my dad took me heavy drinking. Really? The adults all around. I was a kid. People were paying me money to root for their country in the matches, like paying me money to root because they were drunk. So I rooted for Team USA, obviously. I rooted for America. But aside from that, my rooting interests were up for, for, up for grabs. Maybe you could try that. You could do a GoFundMe and see which fan base would pay you to join their fan base in the NFL. Bad. One day, uh, can we talk about what rugby is? Yeah, it's, it's confusing. Okay. I didn't really get it. It's, it's rugby sevens, which is like seven on each side. There were people rushing the field. There were streakers. There were multiple streakers. Hey now. And they would chase them with giant blankets to then like try to <laughs> tackle them and cover them up. So I remember that and thinking, well, that's not good. That's chaotic. I haven't seen a streaker, I think, at a U.S. sporting event, but I've seen people on the field. You were upset that someone would go to jail. This activist, this protester, this trespasser, mm-hmm. has now reportedly filed a police report against the Los Angeles Ram who tackled him. And I guess there's discussion of a possible lawsuit. This is, in my view, the definition of frivolous. I hope this person gets the book thrown at him even harder now, that he's trying to waste resources to get the person who tackled him in trouble, he's like, oh, I was assaulted. No. You ran on the field. You were not allowed to be there. You were trying to avoid capture, and someone helped you get caught. And he happened to be a big, strong guy, and that is on you. I think he should spend multiple nights in jail now, given this extra stunt that he's pulling. And he's doing it to try to get more attention to this particular issue that he cares about that we're not going to mention. Well, I mean, he's standing for something. Yeah, but you don't do it this way. And if you choose, by the way, this is the problem that I have. No accountability. If you do something that you know is not allowed, right. you have to be prepared to suffer the consequences. If you feel like the cause is righteous enough, you say, fine, these are the consequences. I'm going to live with them because it's worth it. What you don't do is pull your stunt and then pretend like you're the victim and that there's no consequences, although that's very on-brand for, like, our modern society right now, Mm -hmm. and I hope he gets crushed again in court. One question. Yeah. I just have, like, a brilliant idea. Uh Uh-oh. I'm just going to put it out there, hint, hint, to whoever's on the staff, not going to name names. What if somebody runs out into the field and does an epic proposal? Would you want them to go to jail? You should not begin your life together with a crime. Is it a crime? It's a sweet crime. Be that as it may, I feel like that it's not very romantic. You don't think? No. So you, okay. All right. We could, we, I mean, we could debate that. Plus, you might get down on a knee to propose, and before you can even say, will you, you just get hammered from behind by some linebacker, and it's over. Yeah, you were going to do all that for the love. The ring goes flying into the grass. There's a diamond in the grass somewhere. You get dragged away. That diamond is gone. Ooh. I've seen that happen on those videos where the diamond goes in the water Ooh. when they're by the lake or something. Mm. Mm. Got to plan better than that. Can I weigh in quick on this one? Sure. Uh, yeah, Surprising. I... Dan weighs in. <laughs> Any proposal at a sporting event, I go with no. I just what? think it's yep. tough. Yeah, I just go with no. Across the board. Yep, tacky. Yeah. It's, Not at all. It's tacky. I bet you think proposing on Valentine's Day is tacky, too. Absolutely. If Bobby took you to a Boston Celtics game 
and propose to you on a jumbotron, Christine, would that be romantic to you? I enjoy the attention. Okay, so for it, it you're is... talking to a person who wore a hot dog costume in Times Square. Do you want me to tell that story? No, again? no, please. We're out of time. Okay. But look, if you got married at a sporting event on the jumbotron and it worked out, more power to you. It is just like at the very bottom echelon of what I would personally do. Maybe that'll be YY's game plan <laughs> one day. Quiet, Wyatt. <laughs> what do you think? We can we can start taking bets now. But we're out of time. Tomorrow is Friday, our last show tomorrow here at the Hoover Institution. The week has flown by. Yes. Amazing guests. Christine, I have no idea what we're going to talk about on the home stretch tomorrow, but I'm sure it'll be insane. And maybe our dinner tonight will come up. We'll, we'll find out. In the meantime, have a great night. Thank you for listening. Back here tomorrow. It's The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch here on this Friday. Happy almost weekend. Thank you so much for listening. GuyBensonShow.com. Our podcast is available free of charge to you every day on demand, including bonus Benson over the weekend. So we are wrapping up our time here at the Hoover Institution. We've had a terrific experience, as has always been the case. And actually, earlier today, not only did I speak to a group of students and young people who are focused on the issue of school choice here at Hoover, producer Christine was also part of this presentation. We did a panel. We were asked questions. And, Christine, you said it was your first ever speaking engagement. Yes. I'm you, excited to hit the road with you now. Were you nervous? Um, no, because I like to talk. So, And it wasn't really a huge crowd. It was Mm-mm. sort of an intimate group, some interesting questions. Yeah. But they were picking Cookie's brain, which is sort of uh, an interesting development. Yeah. I should ask you, were you nervous to be sitting up there with me? In a way, yes. Really? Like, what is she going to say? <laughs> Or do we have what, – what is she going to fill the kids' brains with? But I, I thought it went pretty well. I think so. And they seem to enjoy it. They ask good questions. So that was a cool opportunity here. Also, last night, we went out to dinner. It was sort of like our closing dinner here in Palo Alto. And we went and got some steak. Oh, some prime rib. It was really good, actually. So good. It was really good. And we went with some of the folks here at Hoover who have been helping us all week and also who helped bring us out here in the first place. It was a good – Little group, a lot of fun, and we were talking at one point. Unsurprisingly, there were uh, some cocktails ordered. I mean, shocker. And then some wine ordered as well. Oh, that was good wine. It was. It really was. And producer Christine was, what, a lemon drop in and Mm -hmm. maybe another glass of wine in at that point. Yeah. Plus you had a glass of bubbly beforehand. So I think we were three drinks deep for Christine. Thank you, Guy. When a story, well, it's it's important context. Oh, is it? Extremely important context for the audience to understand where this next anecdote came from. You shared with us something that I had not heard about you before, which is your husband has had printed up. Would you call them business cards or? I I call them business cards. I'm not really sure. Are they the size of like a yes. traditional business card? Yeah. Okay. So he had them printed up. Uh huh. How long has he been doing this for? Uh, it's been going on for for quite some time. Years. Yeah, we had to do a second, you know, round of cards. Oh, too. another second printing. printing. A second printing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he made up some business cards mm-hmm. that he will sometimes hand to strangers. So if we're at an event, you know, or I remember I hosted a baby shower once 
for a good friend of mine. And there were a lot of people there I didn't know. So, of course, I'm making plans with them. And by the end of the baby shower, I'm going to Napa with this couple. I think I jumped on a family, a Disney family vacation with another couple. Uh, I just make so a you, lot of plans. So you have perhaps had a few drinks. Oh, yeah. You get very, very friendly with people. Uh-huh. And you start making social plans with them. Yep. While overserved, yes. Okay, and so because of all of that, Bobby, I guess, ran into this scenario enough that he printed up business cards. Describe these cards to the audience. So it's a picture of me on the front, and I'm uh, double fisting drinks. So I have a drink in each hand, and I, I think I'm dancing, or I, I don't know. I'm making some silly face. So that's the front of the card. It doesn't say anything else. And on the back of a card is a message to whoever received the card. And it said, to whom it may concern, if you've received this card, that means my wife has made, you know, drunk plans with you. Um, we're sorry. She cannot help herself, but all plans are null and void. So this was happening so often. Oh, yeah. That he felt the need not to sort of maybe curtail the mama's juice, but to come up with a system where he could just hand off like a little note to someone mm -hmm. on the reg being like, hey, whatever you guys just plan to do together, it's not happening. Yeah. Sorry. She's she's had a few too many, and we'll see you next time. Maybe on the sober side. Do they laugh at this? Are they? Is it nervous yeah. laughter? Yeah, I think that some people question it. Uh, at the baby shower that I had hosted, um, I had made uh, – like little parting gifts, you know, for everybody leaving. And Bobby, as he was handing out the homemade jam, he was handing out business cards. I see. Saying so, goodbye. Here you go. Yes, everyone needed one, I guess, that night. Yeah, that was a interesting night. I'm wondering, should I have these as well? Like, obviously not referring to you as my wife, but like my colleague. Well, I mean, let's be perfectly honest. If I'm drunk while we're working, that's a problem true but this was a work trip right so i came downstairs at the hotel a few nights ago and you had made friends with a new woman over drinks and Deneen. i was like yeah d did denine need a card about any you know plans you guys had made together i just don't know how often <laughs> i might need to you know run some interference here the way bobby has to do i just find the whole thing fascinating i asked for one of these cards i want to see one and you thought you might have one in your purse but you didn't I guess Bobby is the keeper of the cards. Bobby's the keeper of the card. I know my mother, she loves showing everybody. Oh, look at this. Look what my son-in-law made about my daughter. Very proud. A proud mother. What a proud mom. Yeah. Very supportive. She doesn't drink at all. Nothing. Nothing. Her claim to fame is she's never had a sip of beer. Ever. Never. And she brags about that. Yes. She probably likes to hold that over you. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, like, oh, she always... Christine, you have, uh, <laughs> sorry about my drunk wife business cards printed up, but Joyce here, Judgy Joyce, never touched even a sip of beer. No, she, and but she makes for a very good um, designated driver. That's probably true. She's not a great driver. Sorry, Mom. She drives with uh, one foot on the brake and one foot on the gas at all times. What? Yeah, that's her driving. That's like, no. That's, it's bad. That's like sociopathic. That is yeah. definitely a hard. But when you're no. a few, and you, you don't even realize it. Drinks? No, me. You know, it's not. I'm not bothered by oh, it. Oh, you're because you're in the back seat, just yeah. sort of like she's getting me from point A to point B. But what happens if you panic at some point and slam both feet down? It's been done.
that's crazy. The yeah. whole like the first <laughs> thing they teach you in driver's ed is you put your left foot like away from the two pedals and you use your right foot. You go back and forth. You pick a foot. I've always used my right foot and you alternate so you know which one you're pressing. Not Judy Joyce. No. It's just one foot on. What school did she go to? The school of driving. My father, may he rest in peace, used to say that all the time. <laughs> because also, don't forget, when your foot is on the brake all the time, you're killing the brakes. Yeah, it, that that's a crazy. It's not great. That is a crazy way to drive. And yet, you are more than willing to avail yourself of her services as a designated driver. Safety first. Safety, well, a different kind of safety, I guess. <laughs> it's all relative. I need, Bobby needs to text me like an image of these cards. I am very eager to see this. In fact, I almost wonder if that front side of the card with the photo of you double fisting, I wonder if that should make it onto your Twitter feed. I don't know about that. You've been tweeting some photos. Yes, I'm going to tweet a photo of you and I up on the panel talking. What's the Twitter handle again? At CookiesJar1988. At CookiesJar1988. People should follow and look at some of our adventures here at Stanford and at Hoover, and maybe we'll get the double fisting photo. Maybe if she's unwilling to post it, maybe I'll put it on, on my Twitter feed. I don't know if we need to do that necessarily. But well, maybe I, it's up to Bobby if he wants to send me some photos. I know he listens to the home stretch every day. Do not text Bobby. I'm not going to text him, but he can text me. <laughs> Bobby, you have my number. It's, you, you, we know, I think inquiring minds need to know what this card looks like. Do you remember why you two had to exchange numbers? Oh, yeah, it was one of your... Uh... When I sent you to the wrong hotel in Atlanta. Oh. Well, you sent equipment to the wrong hotel. <laughs> oh, right. You sent, all, like, crucial broadcasting equipment to the wrong hotel in Atlanta. And then didn't answer when you called and called. <laughs> and you were on airplane mode, one of your many airplane mode... It happens. ...moments. Doesn't it happen to you? Never. No, never? Never. I only put airplane mode on... When on an airplane? On an airplane. Hmm. I don't put airplane mode on when I am at home or asleep or anything like that if I might need an urgent, you know, phone call from someone like a colleague or something. I don't know. Like your radio host. Yes. In a pretty big emergency. Because I don't really call you after hours very often, ever. No, sometimes you get a call from me. Yes, I do. (laughs) I do. You know what I think about the show and what we should do? Yes, and then Bobby sends me a card. (laughs) Saying, like, whatever she just said, it's not going to happen. But it does seem unusual that when I do call you after hours for business, disproportionately, you are unavailable. And I have had to go through your husband a few different times. At some point, I'm going to get your daughter's number, too, because she's, <laughs> she's going to have to take care. Does she have a cell phone yet? or is Not yet. We're getting it uh, this April for her, for her 10th birthday. Oh, 10. Mm-hmm. Was that what she was told? Like, once you're 10, you She's can do this? She's been asking for years. And I know it's very controversial. You know, 10 seems young. 10 is early. Yeah. I didn't but... get one until I was driving. But it's also a different world. Oh, it's totally. Yeah, I didn't get one until I was probably 18. Yeah. I mean, that's a long time ago. I think 16 for me is when I got my permit. Is when I, look, we're just like rambling about nothing here. How do we get on this? We're talking about driving. We're talking about booze. We're talking about the I'm sorry my wife is drunk cards. I mean, it's just everywhere. Airplane mode. Actually, we have to go on airplane mode very soon. Heading back to the airport, back to the East Coast. I've got TV on Sunday, media buzz in the 11 a.m. hour on set with Howie Kurtz, Fox News Channel. Back here on the radio, 
Same time, same place on Monday for more of The Guy Benson Show from our home base in Washington, D.C. Have a great weekend. Stay sane. Stay safe. Talk to you then. That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.